Kia ora and welcome to Beyond Consultation, a podcast that will help you in your public or community sector work to increase your impact by doing more than just ticking the box of consultation. I'm Paul McGregor from Business Lab, and we're interested in the mindsets and methods of people who are making a bigger impact by working collaboratively with communities, industries, and other organizations. Ma mihi mote Kia ora and welcome to episode 63. I want to begin today by sharing the most amazing thing that just happened right before I recorded this. I went into a room in our house, it's called the bathroom, and there's this lever in there and you pull up the lever and fresh water comes out. It's amazing. And I filled up a glass, didn't even think twice about whether it was safe or not, and I drank it. And I'm being facetious, but we take our water infrastructure for granted. In the last couple of years, we've seen how much of an emotional attachment we have to it. The proposed three water changes coming out of central government to change how those infrastructure assets are managed and governed has sparked a really big emotional yes-no reaction. You will have seen driving along the highway the stop three waters signs. I kind of think of the reactions in terms of the it's mine, the it's ours, and the it's hers reactions. And people can have a a little bit of each of those. It's mine is, don't you dare touch that local asset and take ownership away from me. The it's ours reaction is, but this could be better managed together. If we look at this as a collective asset, then we might be able to do things smarter. And then there's the it's hers reaction, which is, well, none of you own water. It's actually Mother Nature's. And seeing those clash, along with the racism that has come through that process, with Pākehā who are scared about what a partnership with Māori at a governance level means, it's been an interesting one to watch from the sidelines. And so when Chris Mene, who I interviewed back in episode 30, he spoke to me about working with Muslim communities for the Royal Commission of Inquiry into the mosque, attacks in Christchurch. So he recommended to me today's guest, Kelsey Tamaiparia, who works in community engagement for New Plymouth District Council, focused solely on three waters. So that was the starting point for our conversation today. And Kelsey also brings a real strength in working with iwi, hapu and whanau Māori. Kelsey's work is not about the central government proposals. It, it, her role is in the current system where local councils have responsibility for three waters assets. So she's playing that bridging role between council and Māori. So we explore how she plays that role, what she's learned along the way. Kelsey is two years into community engagement. So she's got that balance between intense hunger to learn and grow and develop while also having a lot of awareness of what are some of the tensions that she's working within and what is her role, not just to do community engagement with Māori, but also to build capacity within her organisation. So it's a really interesting down in the guts of community engagement conversation. And you'll even learn surprising things like what Disney World can teach you about community engagement. 
So without further ado, please welcome to the show, Kelsey Tamaiparia. Hello, Kelsey, and welcome to the show. And yeah, I'm really grateful for you saying yes and being here. So I'll, I'll pass it over to you to introduce yourself to me, but also to people listening in whatever way you'd like. Then that grateful. I call Tarana Fite Manga, call Waiungana Te Awa, call Mururo Patu Te Marai, Tokumaru Te Waka, call Tiafi Awati Iwi, call Poki Tapu Te Hapu. Uh, ko Waitere Toku Whānau, uh, ko Kelsey Toku Ngoa, uh, nō reira, tēnā koe, ko, uh, tēnā koutou, to everybody listening. <laughs> so I kind of just said where I come from. I'm born and raised in Tarant, took off overseas for a couple of years, after a year or so to live in Florida, but of course came home again. Took you to Florida? Yeah, did a internship with Disney World. So mm. I was a character attendant working at Magic Kingdom, predominantly in Florida. I got to work with the characters every day of my role and introduce them to everybody oh, within the parts. So yeah. it was awesome and so much engagement. <laughs> it was very intense engagement, dealing with issues, all those sorts of things. So it really built me. I, yeah, I got a pretty tough skin working over there, I think. Yeah, gosh, you wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected that when I heard Disney World. You just, your mind immediately goes to happy, but obviously there's tension yeah, within that. You would hope people were happy coming to Disney World. Be surprised. <laughs> yeah, actually, I've got kids now, so I should know better. <laughs> it was it was an experience, but it was awesome. And uh, yeah, so I yeah born and raised in Taranaki, and born and raised in Balblock, which is where you know my hapu is Pitapu, and that's gone back four generations of living in Balblock and attending the same primary school and those sorts of things. So it was really nice to come home and and work within, I guess, where home is. It's good to help around and see my community at benefits with what I'm doing. So no, it's been, it's been cool to be home. And another reason I did come back from Florida was I had a Waitara boy, which Waitara and Balbuk about 20 minutes away from each other. No, I like about six minutes away from each other. I had a Waitara boy come over and propose to me in front of the (laughs) castle at Disney World. So then I had to come back home and we got married, have a four-year-old and now we've, yeah, really started and we're living at Waitara at the moment, but yeah, it's been, been a journey, but it always brought me back home. So yeah. <laughs> what an awesome story. Did he <laughs> surprise you over there? He brought my sister and my niece and my nephew over with him and my cousins and they all came for a family holiday and then, yeah, popped the question in front of the castle, Cinderella's castle at Disney World and the rest is history. We've... <laughs> Very things for six years now, as of last month. So yeah, oh, well, it's there's some reflection of my own story there. My wife travelled overseas, but then she cut off her trip to come back early and surprised <laughs> me on my birthday. It's my birthday tomorrow, actually. So that seems kind of relevant to mention. I didn't know she's coming back, and she called me on my birthday and said, "Oh, you've got to come out to the balcony, Paul. There's a surprise out there." And I was I'd had the worst day. I was really grumpy, been at work and came out and I I come back home and I knew there was nothing on the balcony. I lived six or seven floors up in an apartment building. So, no, I don't want to go. Out. I don't want to go into the balcony. And eventually I went out and she goes on the phone, she says, "Surprise." And I look down and I look on the balcony and there's nothing and there's no one there. And she'd got the wrong building. She was halfway up the street. Oh. <laughs> so I'm the hearing you on that. The intent was there, but 
Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was actually, we got engaged in September and then I came, ended up coming home on Christmas morning in December and surprised the whole family about it with an early sort of release from Disney and then just came home and surprised them all on Christmas morning. And my husband was actually there with my family at home. So, well, my fiance at the time. So it was really yeah. nice to just show off and be like, surprise everyone, I'm back from America. <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A nice little present for everybody. And um, oh, yeah, the, just the trip home was as stressful as you can imagine, but I got to spend Christmas with everyone. So yeah. yeah. So that's your, that's your, your, baptism into the world of community engagement yeah and yeah. and I'm really interested in how that transition happened for you from you know working with with Disney and then you work with Flight Center as well how was yeah. that transition from the world of business into the world of local government well it was kind of it was definitely when I had my son that I needed a bit of a career change it's working for Flight Center and having a you know working on mission and those sorts of things and then having a newborn doesn't match <laughs> isn't yeah. it really a perfect match. So we, after, so after I returned from, actually, I returned from Disney, I decided to do a diploma in education. So secondary school education. So I completed that and I did, you know, my teach practicum and those sorts of things in, in high schools. And then I realized actually, let's go and give Flight Center a go. As a travel agent, absolutely loved it. I got to go to Global Awards, which were in Hawaii. Cool. I won numerous trips around the world, Australia and Mexico and all sorts of places. It was great. And then I got pregnant <laughs> and I couldn't go on one of those trips, which was a shame. But in, in my puku, my son managed to travel with me a couple of times. So <laughs> that was really cool. And then after having them, it just was really, it was a difficult thing to continue on with. So I yeah. needed something Easy, something nine to five that would really work with it, having a new problem. <laughs> easy. So yep. community engagement, local government, easy. Yeah. 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 And then, so that's why I thought, yeah. and then I decided, you know, well, we'll just go part-time. We'll try this admin job. So I actually applied for an admin role in New Plymouth District Council, working as the venues and events administrator. And that was a part-time role that lasted day one, I was full-time. So I ended up taking on another part-time wow. role at New Plymouth District Council at the same time. And working two part-time roles was a challenge with a newborn. Yeah. But well, it sounds we, like a challenge just full stop because yeah. every part-time role, you know, if it's 0.5, it's usually 0.8. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really was. I was lucky I had a really good supportive colleague who job shared with me and we were able to do the admin sort of role together and she would back up things when I was doing my other role. So from there, I stayed in that role and in the venues events role for probably about a year and a half, two years. And then from there, I moved over to the marketing communications team at your Plymouth District Council and helped them with the social media and those sort of things, starting to get into that space of engagement sort of mm -hmm. in and around the marketing communications. Mm -hmm. And then from that, I moved to, I think I had about nine different roles at Implement the Shrekers back in the year, so I'm trying to just cut it down a little bit. And then from there, a job opened up as a Three Waters Education Officer. Mm. And with my teaching background that I had recently got, I thought, you know, give it a go. I managed to get the role as a maternity cover. The first maybe couple of months were just education. 
And then there was a realization from other members of the team and other leads that I really needed to be in probably the engagement space, especially with Whenua and Iwi and Hapu. The relationships I was able to build in my education role was with like gems and they were realizing that me working on projects specifically with say our, our planning team. And I had a lot of support from the planning lead and a lot of support from my lead to really move into that engagement space while I was in the education role. So once my team member came back from maternity leave, they created a new role for me, Three Waters Engagement Advisor, where mm. I was able to pick up projects and then the demand just kept growing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's let's push pause there, Kelsey, and presume for a little bit that some of the people listening, they vaguely know about this whole Three Waters thing because they drive down you know, the highway and they see stop three waters on the side of the road. And so you can't miss it in New Zealand at the moment. Let's just presume people don't know too much more than that. What's the context here? Yeah, sure. So I guess there's two different sorts of things that are going on at the moment. You've got the three waters reform with central government. That sort of stuff is really outside of my scope. Not really anything I'm really working on. The stuff we work on as three, three water engagement advisors internally at New Plymouth District Council, mm. projects that include stormwater, wastewater, or drinking water. So the operational sort of day-to-day things that we're doing, the planning, the projects where we're, you know, at the moment we're installing, we're looking at a new wastewater treatment plant, we're doing pipe renewals, those sorts of things are where our team are on the ground, really engaging with community, mana whenua around those projects. So. Yeah. And this is feeling very relevant for me because we've just had the, some pretty significant flooding in Nelson and, you know, so you take advantage of when you turn your tap on that water comes out and it's clear water and when yeah. you flush your toilet, you know, it's all fine. And when it's not, suddenly that comes into sharp focus as to why this stuff is so important. So in your role, what's that initial interest with communities? What is it that sparks people to get involved in this? I guess different communities, I guess, have different interests in yeah. what we do. We have, I guess, our iwi hapu around Namotu, which is the council's sort of project. We have a lot of wahitapu sites. We have a lot of sites of significance to Māori around Taranaki mm. in general. So there is a lot of interest with pipe renewals and those sorts of things where we are digging out areas where we put things how we do a project can completely change when we have a Māori view on board. So having a mana at the table with us when we are doing that is really important. We then go into communities when we are doing a lot of communication and marketing and engagement with the community. It really depends on the project. So we've had wastewater overflows and septic tank leaking into yeah, rivers and those sorts of things. Mm. So it's it's behavior change. It's getting communities involved with their behavior change. It's getting their ideas about what they think may help fix the problem. They really have eyes and ears on the ground. They know what's going on. So having getting really good engagement with them is important and how makes our lives a whole easier. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to dive more into your mahi with mana whenua. And yeah. it sounds like your role is a little bit of being that bridge between Pakia based council and mana whenua iwi mm. organizations so how do you approach that relationship building process it's very much like that it's a yep. relationship it's yeah <laughs> it's and actually i did listen to one of your other podcasts around Atavor and the yeah. 
moment and everything that he covered in there is exactly what we do. <laughs> I'm not sure if it comes naturally as a Māori person that we just do it or, you know, it comes naturally as an engagement person that we just do it. But it's really going to the marae, it is going out and listening to their stories. And my favourite part was that tea tongue sort of, it really is. It's that sort of stuff. It is, it does take a thousand cups of teas and that's a good yeah. measurement when I talk to my project managers, you know. When they go, oh, I've got this timeline. I was like, we don't have timelines. Let's turn it back. Let's have a discussion. I hear you playing this role of building understanding with your colleagues of what's realistic and what's not. How does that go down? It is tough. It was tough Mm. when I was by myself as just the engagement advisor. Now I've got, there's three of us working for New Plymouth District Council that do the same thing. We all are local. We all, I think. It's more of a, here's a chance for us to advise you on something to help with your project, to help things, you know, move at a pace rather than stop. If you're willing to take the advice, here it is. But also the, the leadership buy-in. My leaders have always been supportive of what we do and really push for us to educate our team on how Manafina were, you know, work or the amount of money that they've got on their plates at the moment. Getting that little bit of understanding that it's not just MPDC approaching Manafenawa for their support or their help. It's mm. the wider community. It's development community. There's all these other areas that um, require our iwi and hapu to help out. So it's just giving them a little bit of that understanding and then working through it and helping with relationship building for our project managers. So then as engagement advisors, we can step off and we're happy that project managers have that relationship. And it's an interesting time as well. Because we're just looking ahead to local government elections and Māori wards for the first time for (laughs) most councils now. And it'll be the first time for New Plymouth District Council, I think, after quite a torrential (laughs) history of trying to have Māori wards. So what's the feeling within council about the potential impact that might have? Between the political sort of stuff that's going on at the moment and what we're doing on the ground every day, I guess we're kind of setting a tone here in Three Waters specifically about how we're engaging with Māori and hopefully that kind of spreads to our <laughs> elected members, but they're at the table for almost anything and everything to do with Three Waters, which is really cool to see where we are involving them from the start so we don't have to go and ask for forgiveness later on. So those sorts of little things and to see the shift in, I guess, the views of because, you know, you've got your engineers, you've got your technical yeah. advisors, I've got project managers all around me that are all engineers, and that's how they've been taught from, you know, their whole lives. And yeah, and it's very logic-driven, process-driven, yeah. linear. We do this, then we do this, then we do that. Yes. Yeah. So to switch that frame of mind or to switch the way they're kind of thinking, it's a big ask from them. It's a big yeah. ask. And so to have me to guide them in that space and just provide a little bit of understanding as to where Manafina are coming from when they do explain sort of, you know, let's maybe do that because this is going to impact in way. And then reiterating that later on down the track, I guess having us being internally here at council, it's been able to provide that for them to just keep it fresh in their minds that this is, you know, what Manafina have asked for and this is where they're going with that and they've explained why this is why and it's a good thing to be able to do and our team are changing and they are picking up things that they're no longer needing before, which is yeah. really good. Yes. <laughs> it's always a good sign. Yes. Yeah. I think I'm not going to be out of a job anytime soon, but they're, very, they're really good at picking it up and yeah, it's been really good. And of course you've got, you know, it's also the translation of 
the stuff that they provide as engineers and when they are explaining projects to Manafino, it's actually, you know, let's look at that a little bit differently. Can we change that? Can we break it down? Because not everybody knows what hydraulically yeah. neutral neat means. And those are things. How could they not? Yeah. So I'm hearing a lot of your job is being that translator. You're mm-hmm. in between going, okay, they've said this. So in your language, it means that. They've said this. So in your worldview, it means that. Yeah. Yeah. Really is. And again, like I'm just on my journey. I've kind of fresh faced into engagement within the last two years and I'm really lucky to have Chris Minnie as a mentor and for NPDC to help provide that to me. It's been great. And I'm learning every single day. I'm yeah. learning from my hapu. I'm learning from my iwi. I'm learning from all the manafino around me. I'm learning from other engagement specialists. Learning, yeah, everything is new to me. <laughs> You're soaking um, it up, soaking it yeah. in. And then it stops. You know, that's the moment that you need to quit your job, right? <laughs> that's what I reckon. Yeah. I think I'm addicted to learning a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that. But one thing I'd love to hear your thoughts on, Kelsey, this is a conversation where I was having with a teammate recently in a project. We were trying to figure out what's Artifice's question is, which Māori? And when do you, when does it need to be mana to mana? So at that leadership level, and when does it need to be more down a couple of rungs on the ladder, so to speak? So someone like you you in an engagement role, speaking to people in hapu, iwi, whanau. But what are you thinking of when you're thinking about who should be having which conversation? Good question. I think it is, again, kind of about building those relationships and then telling you who needs to be engaged. I think uh, our hapu, and of course, I don't, and Christchurch, you know, you've got Naitahu and we've got a few more iwi here. Yeah, and 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 I'm in Whakatū Nelson now, we've got. Eight iwi here, and there's five in your order here. Yeah. So, yeah. That, and then that's... under that, we've got about seven or eight hapu, so under one iwi. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. It's, it's, it does get, that is a question I get every day is who to yeah. engage with. Mm. And really it's, you know, going to the iwi and just being like, hey, you know, we're working with this. We don't need you to define to us whose role here it is because mm. that's not our sort of whatever that MPDC need to be having. Who would you like us to involve? Which hapu would you like to involve? And we really get the right direction from our iwi in regards to that. We involve iwi at all, all levels. And then they slowly give the mana back to, you know, the hapu and then step back and let the hapu make the decisions. Our hapu are getting there with being resourced. They are very much volunteers sort of thing at the moment, which is, we're, yeah, we're getting there. It's a, it's a journey, but they are, they provide amazing expertise to us. So. We are trying to help resource that as MPDC. I think we have a responsibility to support that resource. So what does that actually look like? I believe that we have allocated some funding to resource mana whenua in supporting MPDC projects and it's in, in building capacity for them. That's where we can kind of come in as well as an engagement team and, hey, I understand that you don't have the capacity to support on this project, but can I help yeah. in any other way to take a little bit off your you know, off of you to mm. support in this space, so you can support mm-hmm. in this space. And yeah, I guess it's like how you build a relationship. It's, you know, here's some support. Can I support you in any yeah. other way? And yeah. And that's kind of where we work. And 
in regards to who we engage with if it's if we don't get any directive, it's everybody. <laughs> Start yeah. broad and go from there. Yeah. yeah. MPBs are quite lucky we have a Wahi type of view, GIS viewer available online where if you click on a specific area or a specific Wahi type of site, it normally has the mana whenua of that specific oh, base. Yep. And again, it isn't the Bible. Is it? You know, it's yeah. not it's not the be all and end all, but it gives you a little bit of a heads up to then ask mm. those that are listed on there, is there anyone else we need to involve in regards to the mana whenua space? And once we have everybody on board, then we have a really mm. good catch. Because <laughs> I know there's, in some conversations I've had here locally, representatives we're worried about actually saying these are our wahitapu, our sacred sites, because then you're, you know, putting a flag up to say, hey, everyone, here's where they are. Mm. Uh, and there could be a risk of people coming and doing whatever they wish with yeah. that site. So there's concerns to balance there. How do you work with that? I guess I wasn't within this team when the wahitapu view was introduced through the proposed district plan, but I know that there are sites listed on there that might not be in the right spot. There are sites on there that are in the right spot. Of course, you'll see, you know, bit of time, those sorts of places. And there's also silent files. So it's understanding that... What do you mean by a silent file? So those are files that aren't available for the public. We don't want to share those with the public. So, you know, that is perfectly fine. It's an understanding that that isn't the all and end all of it, yeah. but it does give a really good overview of Hey, if you're working within this area and there's a bit of a, there's a corner symbol there. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty significant. You should a be A conversation engaged. to have. You've got a question to ask. Yeah. 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 And, and our team have kind of are working past using that as yeah. a reason to engage. I think our team are more working towards just bringing Iwi and Hapu in as they know the area, as we're working with the Nawai and the, the, you know, for them to be able to be kaitiaki over our awa and personal environments, we need to be able to have them at the table. So the team are working towards that. That's a powerful vision. And, and I'm also curious for you in your on-the-ground community engagement role and building oh. capacity internally, what are the things that have made you just scratch your head and go, oh, I really would love that to not happen anymore. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot that, you know, you wish it was an easy sort of solution. You know, we have neighbors meetings, we have open days where we try and, you know, communicate with the public about the issues that we're having and finding solutions. I think it's definitely the realization that things aren't going to happen overnight and the public have the expectation that things might be able to happen overnight. And unfortunately, they're just not going to. So it's giving the expectation to public and setting the expectation so they understand and why. I think it really is just a lack of understanding sometimes. And once they realize like, oh, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and you kind of know you've won there and you're like, oh, yeah. cool. so there's a little bit of understanding happening here. Let's continue this on. Yeah. How can we build that? So yeah, it's another learning space for me. Nothing really too treacherous that we've come up against yet. Touch <laughs> <laughs> I touch wood as we start this engagement process in three waters. But but I know we've got the resource and the team and the personalities internally to absolutely nail it, I think. It's just working through it all. And 
Yeah, you mentioned at the start of this conversation, the central government, three waters stuff, that's that's not our work. But I'm interested, you know, you're in a three waters team in a local council and there's potential that that's going to be given to another organisation. How does that impact you when you're doing your mahi now? Our leaders have been super communicative with us. They've shared everything that they can kind of share at this point. And um, that's been a really good engagement tool for them because, you know, we do have a little bit of trust in them to share when they do know things. We do have a way that we are going to move this. And what we feel at the moment is that we're setting precedence for this new entity when info goes through. So everything we're doing now is going to set a precedence for how it works well. And then moving into the new entity, hopefully bringing our stuff that we do with them. So it would be just a shift from the local government sort of area to then this new entity, how that looks. We're working on it. We have absolutely no idea at the moment, but every day we just think, okay, let's, let's just do our best for today. Let's do yeah. our best for tomorrow. Yeah. And when it comes around, we'll deal with it when it comes around. Let's put things in motion now to do our best as we can now and be, you know, good NPDC employees, good NPDC partners rather than the new entity when it comes around. But that is definitely in the back of everyone's minds. And to be honest, the most I've heard is really from the worry about it from our hapurinewi about us internally here looking after us here. So that's been really nice to hear. What do you mean as in Um, they're saying, we don't want you to go or? Yeah, are you guys okay? You know, are you guys all stay? The relationship's still going to be intact because they're actually really happy with how things are moving at the moment here in Three Waters at NPDC. So I think there's a little bit of nervousness of how it's going to look when it does move over. But yeah, the thing about us is as staff at NPDC as well, which is really nice. (laughs) Quite humbling to hear. And you're kind of making me realize when you're talking there that in a way, all of our organizations are only temporary. You know, NPDC might not exist in 20 years time or another council or government agency might not exist as well. So yeah, I like that philosophy of we just have to do what we can today to leave it in a better place for whatever the organization is tomorrow. And you mentioned Chris Many before, who's... A mentor for you. And we had Chris on the show a while back. He was amazing talking about his work following the Christchurch mosque attacks and the Royal Commission. And yeah, I'm interested what's been the value for you of having a mentor and community engagement? Well, first of all, it was like an introduction to community engagement with Chris. Right. It was the IAP2 engagement training that we first went on and getting that I guess getting that training behind me was really really good but having it delivered by Chris is a completely different kettle of fish he relates about to anything and everything he can with you know all those sorts of things and he completely relates about to the work we're doing and that's been a he's been there to guide me through interesting problems that we had with community giving us ideas on methods, those sorts of things, and just really giving me the support I need to know that what I'm doing is right. Yeah, That's been a really big one as well, is that you are moving in the right direction, keep doing what you're doing. You are making change for the better and mm. those sorts of things. So he's been great in everything, and he's even now taking IAP2 training for the entire organisation here at NPDC. Mm. And that's just from, you know, at first it went from just me and my team to other behaviour change teams within council to then 
others in council that work with the public. So even your water engineers and yeah, okay. Yeah, we've had project managers on IAP too, and that it's just eye opening for all mm. of them, and especially delivered by Chris because they know that he understands the local sort of knowledge and and how it's a little bit different to those over in Australia yeah. and making more home for us, I guess, for Chris. Yeah. But he's been great, and yeah, introducing to the wider MPDC as well. Everyone has absolutely raved about just the way he approaches the training and really embeds and get engagement into everything he does. To the point where other organizations around you probably have now taken them on to <laughs> do IP2 training. Yes. Well, it's interesting to hear that you're, you know, offering that to so many people in your organization. I was having a chat with from another council, probably similar size to yours. They're in comms and engagement team and going, no, 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 this is our role. And just like you have, you know, every team does their yeah. own budget, but they have accountants who they call on. So do we need every team to do their own community engagement work, but have those experts internally who they can call on for certain things as well. It's just interesting seeing people trying to figure out where's the role for, you know, community engagement professionals in the organization and what can um, people of the disciplines take on and pick up. So how are you kind of figuring out that balance? That's exactly what we're doing. It's empowering our project managers, empowering those that are on the ground talking with the public to do it themselves. And then we are there as the advisors to support that. Again, there's just only three of us that really are four, including a fixed term, but there's only really four of us that sit there and do the actual engagement for projects. How many council employees? Total in our council is about 800. Four out of 800. I gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I guess we have our other behavior change team and stuff like that, but not really aren't seen as engagement specialists. So it's been a real pickup for them. They've now, I think a lot of them are engagement trained and, and doing that, but there is the, the call out for more engagement specialists within council, definitely to help in that space, especially with Mana Whenua. We have our area relationships team that is, has three people. <laughs> At the moment, three of our lovely Taonga that we want to look after and cherish because they have all the knowledge in the world and yeah, and I'm consistently up with them. I'm constantly up with them, having chats, working those relationships, but realizing that other people just really don't have time to do yeah. the engagement side of things in their jobs. So we support where we can. We've got about, we've got four people with about 53 water projects. It does get a bit tough at times, but we're mm. getting here. We are learning. We've only been in play maybe six months as a team. So we are learning and we're getting organized and where we know we don't really need to support because that, that team member's got it. We just kind of step back and like, yeah let them do it yeah and that's quite common i think for engagement teams and community engagement as a discipline or a profession is quite new in the scheme of things you think of engineers you know we'll be talking about them well engineering as a discipline goes back much longer in a sense so i don't know it's, it's just interesting and i'm grateful to you sharing actually what the details look like of how that is in your council yeah it's Getting me, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. I think you could have all the resources in the world, but it's the right people as well that you've got yeah. in the roles, personalities, and those that are willing to build relationships. So all important stuff to have. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing some of your experiences and thoughts from 
can't believe it's only two years with the way that you've been speaking about things. So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, just wondering if there's any final thoughts, challenges to people who are listening. I think a really big learning and one of my massive kind of wins is for our engineers and for those that are quite technically minded. And my advice would be just to take a step back, have a look at things, get a different perspective of things. And that meaning when I talk about Manasunawa, I can use an example that we did in regards to the removal of a a weir. So the technical team were like, oh, just can't be done. These, oh, we, no, we're going to just renew the consent, keep it in place. And Manafina were adamant that they really wanted it out of the water. They, they didn't want it sitting in the stream anymore. There was no fish passage through there. It was a really big burden to them. And so me stepping in, taking everybody out together, the technical team, Manafina were out to see an example of where a weir has been removed. And then the technical team coming in and being like, we can do this. That's <laughs> fine. Oh my gosh, we can't do this. Mm. And for them to be able to present that to Manafino and be like, we can do this. We can take it out. This is the plan. They were just ecstatic. They thought that they were coming in to have a battle and to battle for it. <laughs> and when our technical team came in, they were like, nope, we can do this. We'll get it out. We'll take mm. it out. And that's just a realization. Hey, let's step back. Let's have a look at what they're saying. Let's listen and truly understand of, and find examples of where it's happened before. And they did that research. They did that. And then they went out and we went out for a site tour of a spot in Taranaki that they've recently done that. It's just, yeah. Of, of pausing and getting yeah. out to the place that you're talking about with yeah. everybody there. Definitely. That, that can be the circuit breaker. And, and I also like to ask festival about if you find someone a Māori, you know, navigator, mm. make them a part of your team because it's exactly <laughs> what they've done here at council with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Exactly what they've done here. And so they really saw what I could do and they were mm. like, let's make her a part of the team. And <laughs> if you find those people, cherish them because yes. they will get you a long way. Kia ora, Kelsey. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Don't go away. Don't go away. Make in. Applause. <laughs> I once had someone I did that and they went, okay, bye. And just got at the end. I was like, oh, no. They must have still been so nervous at the end. They were like, yeah. please, please. <laughs> well, how are you doing at the end? Yeah, it was awesome. I think it's just a realization that I'm so, on such a journey. And then I look at all the ones that you've had before. I'm like, wow, these people are so cool. <laughs> they're so oh, well rehearsed and way that where they've been in engagement and what they're doing. And I'm really kind of at the beginning of it. And um, I guess still being a little bit younger than others, it gives me that time to kind of build it up later on. But like I said, the stuff I'm hearing on your podcast is absolutely amazing. So thank you for providing that, you know, that info and that opportunity to listen to these people because it's been really good. I've actually put it through to some other organizations for them to listen to you and listen to what recorded all that's happening on here so they can really understand. So that's been awesome. It's interesting hearing you say that I've done lots of mahi with young people and I don't know what, what do you think it is that's unique when you're a year or two in the role? Like what, there's something magical Mm -hmm. about people who are new into some kind of work and I just see in you this hunger to learn. Yeah. I think it's the passion as well to do it. Yeah. It's all new and it is a, I want to learn more because I like the way that things are going. I can yeah. see where things are leading at the moment. I'm like, yeah. whoa, this is going to be amazing. 
as long as I can contribute my 100% to it, you know, and as long as I can learn as I go and take on everything that I'm learning, then I just be- feed off it. <laughs> yes. I've got a passion for it. I'm like, bring it out. I want to learn from that. What happened? Yes. Yeah. Where did we go wrong? What did we do well? Everything like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get that. And a question that I've asked everyone is who is inspiring you or who do you look to for guidance in your work? Who I might interview on the podcast? At the moment, it's of course, and you don't want to go back to having him. I could probably keep going back to Chris <laughs> and just get a different story of my time. Stories galore. You. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of guidance from, and this is actually more towards the Manafenua engagement side of things. Mm. So we have our EU relationships team and Anadu Wilkie, who is a part of our EU relationships team, he's just the knower of everything, the knowledge person of anything and everything around Te Māori. If I need to know what relationships are happening in Manafenua area and now area or Ahapu, I go to Anadu and I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> is there anything happening that I can come along to? And is there any, I understand this is the, the dynamics at the moment in this Hapu, is there any way you can help me support this? And he is just absolutely onto it. He's been at council for, I think, about 10 years now. So yeah. he is the knower of everything at the moment in that space for me yeah. and definitely my guiding sort of person. Again, building my own relationships and the way I engage with people on my own. But he definitely helps guide me in that space. So he might be really nice to talk to, actually. In and around that, he's got a lot to say. (laughs) We recently held a workshop with our project managers called Cultural Considerations and Infrastructure. And he absolutely loves presenting that with my support and a planning team in that. And it was a shock to some people on there about what. The considerations actually are from Manafiro's points of view. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was a good workshop when afterwards people were coming up to me and going, can you help me with my pipiha? Can you, can you help me learn this karakia or, mm-hmm. you know, a good wire so I can learn? And he was a really big fan of when I showed him out of wise, mm-hmm. five wires of engagement. Yeah. So good. Yeah. It's like, that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> they just put it all down for us. It's great. Yeah. yeah, other than that, it's kind of, it, it really is, it's just the support that I'm getting from my leads around here mm. is, you know, it's for me to do what I need to do. That's the important part, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing without that. So. Yeah. yeah, or it would be incredibly hard. And it is for some people, we're working with a government agency at the moment, a really large one, and there's one Māori advisor for probably a thousand employees in there yeah it's tough because like we've got that at the senior sort of like elected members yeah. level that you've got different views different perspectives and stuff but we'll just keep doing what we do here at a ground level and yeah. until we get told not to then we'll just keep going it's showing our community how much we care mm. about you know that sort of space, like I said before, if I can have my leadership buy-in, it will be a struggle. But I've got some strong leaders behind me, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've got a team now out of one world. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for saying yes. Thank well, you so much. Oh, that was fun. I really enjoyed oh, was. talking to you and connecting with you and hearing your story about your husband proposing through to the mahi that you're involved in and just getting a real sense of what the practicalities of 
building relationships looks like for you. That's yeah. kind of what I'm taking away from this. Yeah. And also your, your mahi is just as important. You know, the, half of the things I get from listening to your podcast, just like, wow, taking that on. Yeah, really some, that. some pretty epic humans, eh? That <laughs> is epic. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. Well, I'm going to wrap it up with a karakia. And this one seems appropriate. The English translation is about our work being finished for the moment. Mm-hmm. And our workers' engagement people is never finished. So this, this sends some blessings to you, Kelsey. Kua mutu a mātou mahi mō tēnei wā. Manakitia mai mātou katoa o mātou hoa o mātou whānau ai ki te aorangi. Thank you so much. Ka kite. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Consultation podcast. What did you learn from the show? What should we have talked about? Who else should I interview? I would love to hear your feedback. And if you want to learn more about what you heard today, everything from the show is at www.businesslab.co.nz slash podcast. If this episode has left you with a burning question, please feel free to submit a voice message through the link on our podcast page. We can then ask that question of a guest in a future episode. Or tag me in a post on LinkedIn or Facebook and I can point you in the right direction. If you want to know when we release new episodes, make it easier for yourself and subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Again, thank you for listening. Ngā mihi mō te whakarongo.